0: Hey, it's your man Chandler. And I'm Stephen Wall. So if you enjoy my antics on kind of movie critics, then boy, do I have some
1: great news. Chandler and I have a podcast called Act Three. We give the latest in film news and we talk about movies, TV, pop culture. We break our topics down into three acts every week. Just like a movie. That's right, Chandler. It's somewhat informative and occasionally funny. <laughs> That's pretty high praise. Um, I was talking about myself. Oh, of course. You can find us on actthreepodcast.com and wherever fine podcasts are available. Enjoy the show
2: be advised. The, the Kind of Movie Critics podcast, podcast may contain spoilers. This includes
3: most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains
1: profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, yo, this is
3: Treezy. Hey, hey, this is Corey. It's your man Chandler.
2: And I'm Young Leazy.
3: And we're the Kind of Movie Critics. We are here, minus uh Martin the Mailman, who is currently in Atlanta. Um, uh, it, it, He mythically went to Atlanta during phase one. It's crazy. They when When they... When they reverted atlanta back to phase one so i think martin's there freedom fighting trying to get everybody's mask on you know he's pro ppe Shout out to Martin. i don't
2: the fact that he's even down there with the way he's been like sitting in his own bedroom while we're doing this with gloves and shit on looking like right. mickey mouse is like
4: for real
3: yeah he, it's a big uh, risk he's taking big risk he, he's taking one for the team man so uh last i heard he went down there with mission trying to get to uh Trying to get to Magic City, but uh, you know, that's been toppled now. Shout out to Lance Ke- or Keisha Lance Bottoms. Um, <laughs> so how's I hope everybody- he get
2: some JR Crickets though, because I know he likes to go there.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a you know, that's a tough order for him, man. He's gonna have to Uber Eats that one, which uh, Uber Eats, if you're listening, you know, we do need sponsors, but uh, that's another subject. How's everybody feeling, man?
1: Great, great, feeling really good, feeling great. really good.
3: Go ahead, I was about to joke. tremendous.
1: What were you gonna say, Tremaine?
3: That uh, wow, just call my government, thank you. That you're drinking like that, the, f- okay. that fine pinot know, noir it. that you have in your left hand. It's
1: a it's a cab, but you know, ah! uh, it's a cab yeah, but you know there you, go. you know, oh, keeping it real drink. keeping it real whiny here on the on the podcast.
3: Right. Wine is your middle name my brother oh. i used to mess with
0: cabs but now it's just like uber is so much cheaper you know it's just <laughs> it's a fiscal responsible that, choice you know that was yeah. good
3: that was good that was very timely too um what what's the deal man what's on what we've been watching man i know uh like we recorded uh the uh five bloods episode a couple weeks ago so there's been a lot of time in between have y'all uh got a chance to catch up on anything or see anything new it's yeah, I don't.
1: About. Did I mention I started Mr. In Between last time? That? Well, had I, I started it or not? I
3: don't think you did. I don't okay. think
1: Okay. Well, I started Mr. In Between. I just want to thank you for recommending that.
3: I'm sorry. You want to thank who? Thank me.
1: I want to thank Tremaine. Oh, shit. There we go yeah. again.
3: Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I so that. I just want to thank you. Uh, that was a very good show that has. Um, brought some good conversation and I always like me and Treasy's conversations off off the uh podcast we usually every once in a while have a little 30 minute text back and forth session about something. Yeah. So and that that show has been really really rock solid and I really like it. I like the what they're doing with it.
3: Yeah, me too, man. I don't understand how FX um I don't understand how they get viewership to their shows cuz that's a show that I would have never heard about if I wasn't doing research for our HBO versus FX. Um mm-hmm. Uh, episode and it's it's yeah it's an amazing show man um what's been the best part about it for you um
1: I I really like shows that don't make an effort to spoon feed you you know so like I think it's a show that really allows you to make your own assumptions and your own declarations about what you think about these characters you know and uh, mainly the main character to be honest with you but you know, it, it it gives you just enough, but not too much to, you know, make you feel like you're missing out on something. And in a strange way, I don't like to use it's very stereotypical, but it feels like a slice of life. Like it feels like we're just watching this guy just navigate his experiences. Right. And I found it after the first two episodes, I felt like I knew the guy. Yeah. Like I was right. like, you know, I understand this guy, but I was like, I, I don't know anything about this guy. Yeah. So it's, it's a really good show. And I really I really recommend it to a lot of people. That's dope, man. Chandler, how about you?
0: Um, yeah, I watch a lot of stuff. You know, I really I spend most of my time watching stuff, but I guess the most notable thing was the other day um I did a uh an unintentional Sanaa Lathan double feature, Dude. which of course consisted of Love and Basketball followed by Alien versus Predator.
3: Okay. Is, is that, um, was that your first time kind of like were you familiar with Sanaa Lathan before then? Well, I you know I didn't remember
0: that she was in Alien versus Predator. Um, mm-hmm. I had never seen her in anything else. Uh,
3: You've never my, seen
0: Blade
1: or something new.
0: I saw Blade when I was like a
3: kid. Uh, oh, okay, something, I've never seen Blade. is new.
0: Blade is an she, awesome movie. She You've was in seen... Blade. So now I was in Blade. Yeah, He's his mom. She's, that's his mom. His right? mom. No, yeah. that's in
3: Boucher. Right, I thought. No. Hold on, mm. let's be let's be hold up. Hold up. Go I got IMDB go, right go in front for of me, it, baby.
2: Fam. I should bet you money
1: though. Yo, I got she's blade. got all of ten hold seconds on. of screen time, but Blade.
0: But that's a hell of a ten seconds. Hold yeah, on. I'm just keep
3: keep talking, Chancellor. or Chandler, uh, I'm sorry.
0: Oh, no, I'll take Chancellor if you want to use my title. That's um. actually my
3: dog's <laughs> name if you <laughs> oh, also
2: shout out to you for mispronouncing Nabushe.
3: Yeah, I, n- I never knew how to do it, but you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Vanessa. I know it I'm right. It doesn't say Blade's Flamin- mom, but I thought that was, I thought that was, how do you say it, Nabouche. 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 I thought that was, I thought he, she played his mom.
2: Anyway. I don't, I haven't seen her in anything since Dead Presidents.
3: Blade. <laughs> that came after Dead Presidents. She's in it. She just. Hey, like, so anyway, love
0: yeah. basketball. <laughs> <laughs> uh shout out to my lady for suggesting it is a great movie um i really loved it and then i just picked alien versus predator because i was like well this will be different than the movie we just watched and then five minutes in i was like oh she's in this too it was a
1: bad decision on her part that movie's terrible um i don't think
0: it's terrible i think that it's fun i think some of the visuals are really strong i think the action scenes are are pretty well directed um it's Paul W. S. Anderson, who you know, everybody probably has their mind made up on him already. Um, the I practical effects are really his, good.
1: I have a soft spot for his prison race movie. I forgot what it was called, but with uh, Jason Statham.
0: Oh, so. uh, it's a uh, Death Race, right?
1: Yeah, Death Race. Yeah, yeah. I like Death Race. Um,
0: yeah. But yeah, no, I, Alien vs Predator is like definitely not good, but I thought it was fun. She's horrible in it, and it's yeah, it was definitely a mistake for her because it kind of killed her like big Hollywood stretch
3: oh she had a big hollywood stretch i didn't know i that. know
2: nothing about this she's in negro <laughs> yeah. movies yeah. she,
0: she <laughs> was working up to it and then that was in
3: 2004 and then it kind of
1: i think it sizzled out after that yeah it did yeah it
3: sucks, man. <laughs> yeah that sucks man she only got one chance that's that's fucked up man
0: that's hey man the you know goes. she had the chips stacked against her being black and a woman in 2004 in hollywood it was not a good time yeah
2: you right
3: yeah, that's true Lazy, what you been into?
2: Um, I haven't watched anything new that's been like remarkable or life-changing, but what I did do yesterday, um, because you brought it up <laughs> in the group <laughs> chat, was I had a little Spielbergathon. I think I might continue tonight, but I watched hey. uh Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Woo!
3: Uh, no, checking Shibai. for
2: things being uh no <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> Kalima. <Yeah>. Um, so, <laughs> That's good. I uh, I watched uh, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom to rewatch it to see like if my wokeness would ruin it for me. It didn't. It um didn't. Okay. shout out to anyone who's South Asian who's listening to this. Uh, please let us know what you find problematic about that movie. Other okay. than the white savior part. So I didn't don't... really see nothing horrible.
3: I feel like right off the rip, the whole monkey brain is just like, yeah, that's the brains? most offensive scene.
2: Um, that's a thing. They, they eat that in China, too. Uh-huh. So Yeah,
0: but it's just portrayed as like, look at how disgusting these non-white yeah. people are. <laughs> oh while. my god.
4: It was a little crazy. I
2: took I t- I you could take it that way sure, but I kind of took it as like white people's expectations like of them being the center of shit and just not getting it. But right. I but as a child, I definitely took it the way that you took it, but yeah. I could see I can see like I can see that.
0: Right. I feel you. Sure. I mean, I love the movie. I just also think like it's pretty
2: it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's diet racist, sure. Um, so um, and then after that, I rewatched The Color Purple because why shouldn't I? Oh yeah, um, yeah. I Steve can watch Sperger. that a million and twenty times. And then I think tonight I'm gonna round out my Spielbergathon with Poltergeist.
1: Oh, hey, well, you know, he didn't really. Yeah, direct Yeah, he didn't one. really. That was Toby Hooper. He didn't really direct it, but, but he he produced it.
0: But he did really, you know, all the stories from the set, like, he did really direct that. Like, Toby Hooper kind of took the backseat.
3: Gotcha. Well, uh, What bugs me out about uh, Poltergeist is that it's rated PG. That's probably the the biggest (laughs) thing that throws me.
0: Yeah, that's wild. So the um...
2: thing is, I'm very confident that the... That the special effects in Poltergeist are gonna look like trash. However, if you go back and watch Indiana Jones, they're really not that bad. So I was just like, huh, okay. Yeah,
1: well, the, a lot of practical effects the too. Screen, back proge- you know,
3: screen yeah. projections didn't look bad, like in the roller coaster scene. They didn't look that bad. Mm-hmm. That scene looks good. Man. This it
2: looks very good. The I only thing so. that's a little questionable is like the, when the guy gets lowered into the fire. That's clearly
3: oh, yeah.
4: not real. You know, <gasps>
2: but when I, was, I re- when I was five. I look scary as hell.
0: I recall the the rear projection on when they're like on the raft in the snow. I recall that looking kind of shoddy, but Uh it still works though. Like it's still, you know, pretty thrilling. I
3: need to go back and look at that.
2: There's a lot of things that I've gone back and looked at and been like, y'all were tripping. But like this wasn't that bad.
0: Lizzie, did you like Kate Capshaw's performance? I feel like she's really unbearable in that movie. Unbearable. And it make it, I don't I'm not like a sexist pig. It's just uh, that character does not work for me. Well, I don't what? think it's her.
2: I think it's Willie Scott. <laughs> How
1: about um, to say, sure. I think it's her character is supposed to be. You know, the whole movie, her character is just. You know, Indiana is just so annoyed with her, you know. Like, she's annoying. Yeah, she's annoying. To smash, though, like,
2: and he never yeah, does. Yeah. Um
1: <laughs> Didn't he smash like off-screen, not on the film? Like didn't he that is that was their story? I haven't seen the movie. No, in a long time. she's
2: married to Spielberg.
1: Yeah, Spielberg. I'm pretty it's sure it's crazy. clear who yeah, she they was Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I meant like Indiana Jones smashed like off screen in a, before the movie or something like that. Wasn't no. it? No. Oh, that she, was she, she
2: she does she meets him in the club at the beginning. Yeah. That opening oh. scene where she's singing, um, I don't know if it's Mandarin or Cantonese, but when she's singing Anything Goes, like that is actually great. That is she, a great yeah. opening sequence. Yeah.
0: She's wonderful there.
4: And oh. just yeah, funny.
2: They meet in the club and then they get mad at each other because they're both really proud before they get a chance to smash. And then someone tries to kill Indy, and then he goes in her room and then they like descend into the Temple of Doom. Yeah.
0: I do like that scene. That scene's funny. It's That's just it's fun. kind of funny when you watch that movie and like she's you know really dialing it up to eleven. And then you think like Spielberg saw that and was like, I'm gonna marry that girl one day.
3: That's he already yeah. passed. He he married her.
2: He he married her six years later though. They had like a relationship.
0: Yeah. That's dope.
3: This is crazy how they just took Molaram and put him in uh in Street Fighter 2. That's awesome. That's crazy. <laughs> Literally, they took him from that, and they took like Raiden from Big Trouble, Little China. Yeah. Just, like, just, Molaram, Molaram, shut it yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's dope, though. Uh, that's my shit, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. I've been on, uh, so my wife, my daughter, and I, like during dinner, we've been watching The Babysitter's Club, that whole reboot on, on Netflix, and we just finished the final episode of season one today, and I gotta say, man, I I was like, I really like, I really like that show, man. It was, it was cool, it was wholesome. It kind of, it was, it was extremely liberal. Like, I'll oh say my that. god! So
2: I, I I binged it when you told me you were watching it, yeah. and like, I was like, yo, they got mad social message. Like, what are y'all gonna talk about next season? Y'all talked about everything.
3: Yeah, They talked about everything, yo. When episode four came on, and they started, they were talking about transgender stuff. I was like, oh. Okay, I wasn't ready for this in, a, in like a See, I'm not familiar with nothing babysitters club, so I didn't I didn't have any frame of reference going into it. So I, I stand like, oh, the
2: babysitters club. I stan.
3: <laughs> the, gotcha. the BSC. So so the BSC, right. So so they weren't they didn't hit on social issues before like this or
2: So the the episode that you're seeing like follow the trajectory of the book in their first person narrative from Mm -hmm. a character which is how the books are written which is dope so christy's big idea like she does have a big idea for the babysitters club and it does come from her mom needing someone to watch the kids while she was going on a date but like when she got in trouble in class it wasn't because she was being a fucking feminist she just it was hot and um It was hot. She made herself a paper fan, and then like the bell rang, and she stood up and went woo. And the teacher made her write a story, like a a a paper about it. Um, But like, yeah, like she, like Chrissy is. What's funny is someone wrote like a little article about like what happened to the babysitters, the babysitters club, like how did they grow up, and they're like, okay, so. Christy and her wife have been together for the last fifteen years. Oh wow! Okay. And They live on a farm, and, but it wasn't—it wasn't, it wasn't and Martin. It was like a parody someone wrote, and I was like, we all assumed she'd grow up to be a lesbian, but like, oh, they made okay. her—we—they made her because she was a tomboy, but they made her like so feminist. And the way she was talking yeah. to her mom, I was like, "Yo, Christy did not get at her mom like this on the reg." Like,
3: got you, yeah. And yo. she
2: didn't hate Watson either. Like that was weird. I love what they did with Karen Brewer though. They made Karen Brewer like the creepiest weird girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so here for okay. it. Um, but yeah, like Stacey having diabetes was a thing. Um Claudia, I think, has dyslexia, but that comes later. Like gotcha. Mimi had a stroke. All those things happen. But uh,
3: so, so BSC social... was pretty heavy.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was they're 13 and they're like dealing with life. Like, you know right. what I mean? Um, you know, Marianne really did like have a boy they went on went on a trip with the um the pike family they didn't meet a gay boy while they were out there like they just right. added shit <laughs> yo they doing
3: so much sauce on these episodes i was scarlett
2: lying. johansson did not have two moms and she was not chinese she was a little white girl <laughs> That's,
3: yo, fam.
2: they yeah they added a lot on um and changing the races of the girls at first i was kind of like mm, and now i'm just kind of like okay i appreciate the inclusion
4: Damn.
2: um and I know why they did it. Did you see where they did the Claudia Kishi Club?
4: Yeah. There's like a
2: little 17 minute short about uh-huh. um, Claudia, the character Claudia, the Japanese character, and okay. um, Asian Americans' relationships to Claudia. And um, when I was watching it, I remember what you said, Chandler, about like the more specific a story is, the more relatable it becomes. Because mm-hmm. Claudia, like, was every everyone wanted to be Claudia. She was the fly one. She had her own phone. Like she did art. She could dress her ass off. Like Claudia was the shit. Um but the reboot um is largely like people who are Asian people who are fans of the book. Mm. So I think a lot of the hipsters mostly, but I think <laughs>
3: millennial hipsters
2: that um that like envisioned it in 2020 as something else. So I kinda I get the representation.
3: Gotcha. Um so See, was really cool. All that was lost on me. I was just uh, like, it, just taking it in fresh perspective. I was like, yo, this shit is really dope. Like, my, so my daughter's seven. If anybody you know listening doesn't know, but um, watching it, I felt like, yo, I don't have to have any teenage talks. With, like, all that's left is the sex talk. After Did she have
2: joke. questions? No, there's no sex nah. in the babysitter's. Closet. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying.
3: Happen. That's that's all that's left is the sex talk. Like they they addressed everything else for me. But um, does she,
2: does she ask, so they, like, one of them got their period. I don't remember if that. I don't remember if Christy got her period during her mom's wedding or not. Like, I have no idea. I probably read that when I was nine. But um,
3: right.
2: But no, what?
3: She, she didn't really have any questions. Like, she didn't I, have I think, any questions I, I about, like, what stuff. was happening? No, nah, I think either, uh, you know, my, my wife and I joked about it. It was either it went over her head or it's just sure. totally so normalized that it's like it's not even okay. a shot. So so I appreciate it for that. But yeah, it was it was a cool series. It gave us something to watch, you know, while we were eating dinner and just kind of stuff to do for like family night. So uh oh, so I, I I like what you it. said though. Cause
2: huh? I kind of I kinda pointed out that the show was like way more liberal than the HBO adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like truer to the old version because they were following the narrative. Cause the HBO version just kind of like they just told stories about the girls. Gotcha. But um, but it was uh it was also very different. And I, I remember you saying when I was like, Wow, this is really liberal, um, that you you felt like it would make it easier to have a conversation with your daughter. Oh, for sure. Um if she had questions. Than like you randomly bringing it up.
3: Yeah, we. I mean, like you know, we kind of asked her, like, do you know what transgender means? And, no, and then you know, explain. So it's like it gave me, it gave us a, an entry point to the conversation. But she didn't really have questions. Like we. had I to love sort that of, though. Yeah, that's Cause, what I. Because I think that's a lot it.
2: of people's um gripe with like uh representation on screen because they feel like well i'll have to have like a difficult conversation with my kid and i'm Mm. like well it doesn't have to be difficult i guess it's only difficult if you are against those things
3: but yeah it it definitely is about where you sit because i mean my wife and i are pretty we're open-minded so it's, it's definitely about where you sit but it, I mean, they're conversations that have to be had at some point. I mean, you know, I'd rather I'd rather her I'd rather we go through it then than her being a part of like a problem or a hate crime because she doesn't get it or so it's just a you know, a lot less liability just to address it now. It's all good. It's in the babysitters club. You know, it doesn't it doesn't affect who people are, you know what I'm saying? So it's
2: Absolutely. You
3: know, so yeah. Uh but I I saw Corey take about seven sips in between this breakfast club I mean not breakfast club, this babysitters club conversation, so we might be losing him to that uh, all, uh, to that all, to that drunk monkey well, on the left why, shoulder.
1: But well, first off, why are we making this about me? Y'all huh? just had a little moment. We all needed to talk, and you I'm did.
3: sipping on this wine. We needed a transition point, Corey. Just, just follow through. <laughs> yeah. Let the segue be what it is. <laughs> yeah, let it be what it is. Just, just roll with it. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, y'all, Hamilton, man. I like. I don't even want to do no fancy intros about this shit. Um, I mean, we've all heard about it. 2016, I guess is when it kind of hit Broadway. You know, Martin the Mailman, unfortunately, he couldn't be here with us for this one. And I really feel like of any episode, he should have been here because he'd been telling us about this since we started the podcast. And uh, he has a really cool story about he, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Leezy, didn't Martin actually went to Broadway and saw this, right? Like I believe
2: the, I believe so because I I, he, I didn't see it until it came here. And yeah. me and Chandler saw it in Norfolk, but yeah. I think he went to he did it in New York.
3: And and he has like a really cool uh, story about how him and his mom got tickets. So let me. So when it came to Norfolk, did it have the original cast? No. Hell no. Oh, no, man, no
1: that good. that's considered off Broadway, I think. So oh, it, okay. it'll have a different cast. I think, yeah. I and think it was like I
2: don't, know, I, I don't think it's considered off Broadway so much as like it's the traveling show.
0: Yeah, yeah. it was like the fourth. Uh, U.S. tour, so it was like you know the fourth iteration of the touring cast, right? Which is not to say anything disparaging for those performers, they were no. very good, very right. good. But they were not, you know, they were not the A-listers that you know were in the original production, got
3: gotcha. you. But they got the job done,
0: so oh, uh, absolutely, oh, uh, like just like immigrants in Hamilton. I did a reference, you
3: see?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so all right, so this, so
3: this. <laughs> This is a good place for me to start. Um, uh, this, it, did you? Did both of y'all watch the Disney iteration? Yes. Okay, Chandler, you watched the Disney one too. Or are you going off of Hamilton? No, of course. So of course, I watched it, it. Were there any like in watching the Disney one and then you know seeing it in Norfolk? Did, was did you feel like there was any fall off for the Norfolk what? one?
0: what do you mean exactly like was it was it
3: a different experience i mean i know it was because one is live and then one's on on television but
0: well if i can answer first because i see Leezy making a facial gesture uh for me (laughs) it was a totally different experience um i have uh i've talked a lot about how when i saw it i had the worst seats in the whole theater i was like top balcony back against the wall all the way to one side um I Promos. still enjoyed the show, but it was it was hard to hear from back there. I certainly couldn't make out anything going on on anyone's face, mm-hmm. um, and I and it was just you know that distance wasn't just physical. It turned into like an emotional distance from the material. So mm-hmm. for Chandler and I'm you know I'm sure this is something we'll be elaborating here during this discussion. Uh, I much prefer the filmed disney plus version it, film is a medium that i prefer to um stage craft anyway right um but yeah this for me was it it almost reframed the whole thing you know it was familiar but i didn't have the emotional experience in the theater that i had watching this on my couch at home this was much more powerful for me
3: gotcha that's good perspective what's your take on that Lizzie?
2: Um, I did not have m- much better seats than Chandler, but I did have better seats than Chandler.
3: <laughs> Chandler had the promo, the, the 103 Jam seats.
2: <laughs> I don't know, man. I, they were giving away, Um, they were giving away, like, they had like a $10 lottery that I knew nothing about. And a bitch paid full price to sit. We were second from the front row. Um, on the top mezzanine. So I was on the same level as Chandler, but we okay. were like closer to the front. So I could hear, although shout out to the girl who sat in front of me and kept fixing her freaking ponytail, and put her arms up in my damn face. Oh, but <laughs> but that. um I also I could I could hear very well, but I you know, obviously I couldn't see any um facial expressions either. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it live. Um as far as you know that experience i do enjoy going to the theater more than i enjoy watching things on television um my mother introduced me to theater through norfolk state's uh, musical theater um company that they had back in the 80s which has had a revival and is really dope if you live in the area when they get back going cuz i miss them doing in the heights cuz of covid but <laughs> when they get <laughs> back going please support norfolk state's um, theater program mm. it is great um mm. anyway um i grew up doing theater myself like Right. I like being in the theater, so yeah. so um. And I've seen several musicals at Chrysler Hall with better seats than this. Right. Five hundred dollars to sit way up in the nose. Please. Oh
3: So, my goodness, so bro. Um, I I'd, I'd be so pissed.
2: No, it was still great. Wow. <laughs> so it was it was still great. Yeah. Um, but it is not like watching it on the television. Right. I will say that I enjoyed them equally. Okay. It was nice to see it with the original cast. Um, I definitely see why they went on to become stars. Um, I do, I did not enjoy seeing how much they were spitting. Shout out to Jonathan Groff. That was disgusting. Yo,
3: that I love that.
1: I, but I, I think that I, was on purpose. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was. It yeah, was on true. purpose.
2: It was really nasty. Yeah. yeah,
0: that was a flex though to be like, hey, look, you're not going to see this in the Rogers Theater, <laughs> <Yeah>. kids. <laughs> I didn't. Yo, I didn't realize
1: <laughs> that that was homie from Mine Hunter. Uh, right. Until yeah. like, yeah. I did not realize that till afterwards. Yeah. So
2: he, I think he was a star before Hamilton though, because he was on Glee. Yeah,
1: he dropped oh, one of my favorite lines in the whole play, which we'll tell about later. But oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. But I,
2: I don't. I I mean, it's a different experience watching it on television. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the theater more, but these two things I enjoyed equally because I had shitty seats. Right. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I don't think that it took away from the fullness of the theater experience by being on TV. It translated
0: it, extremely it adds well. for me. I think mm-hmm. it adds so much more than you would
3: potentially lose. Yes. I, yeah, I can agree. I mean, you know, I, I didn't go see this live, but having been to sporting events, man, I, I'll tell you firsthand, I appreciate, you know, ESPN and everybody who, who contributes to like these film spaces. Cause I enjoy sporting events way more on television than I do in person. So I would imagine this is probably the same thing. Um, just like you said, all the raw emotion, all, you know, everything that went into it, man, I was able to absorb it in my bed, twiddling my toes, in my socks, fam. Well, see, I, mean, I'm, I, was I was the
1: opposite. I, I mean, I've, I've seen a little bit of a few Broadway plays. And for me in person is just so much more different. And I was a cold blooded hater of all recorded plays whatsoever. I had almost no interest in seeing this because i just despise recorded musicals but i think they did a really good job with this i think cuz they had great production value too so they didn't just record it either you know they really went in to make this a a, a good experience for people
0: so, it was so directed I- by the same guy who directed the stage production thomas kale kale
1: yeah i've got it up here
0: nice and uh he uh you know they shot i think over 3 nights with like, I believe it was nine cameras during the production. And then there was yeah. also obviously additional photography where they shot without an audience and had I wish,
1: like you Yeah, know, I, the steady cams I, and the jibs on the stage and stuff. Right. I wish they had done more of that actually. I I really liked some of the, the stuff that you could tell was done uh without an audience and mm-hmm. it felt like they did they kind of dialed that down a bit. Um but I, I really I like those shots. I thought that was a lot of fun.
3: Yo, Same, so. I, I have a real, I mean, it's a technical question, but maybe you Chandler or Corey, I mean, maybe even you Lazy can answer this. How the, Thanks, f- do you, how the <laughs> fuck do you white balance for a situation like this when you're going through so many different scenes, night, dark, like what the, the what Kelvins do you set your white balance to, yo, in a situation like this?
2: Can you do it oh. manually with a sheet of paper?
1: Yeah, no. but not I'm talking about like
3: in the middle of a production right
2: that's so all i have Thanks. you're funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: it's like, well you said like i mean as you know
1: years. you can you can aim to get it somewhere in the middle and you can also have it auto as well you know you, i mean like you you don't want so. auto fam that's, but they're not that's trying like
0: to auto. adjust white balance during the yeah I'm about to say they're setting it at the beginning and the stage lights are 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 setting the lights, but as long as you have a neutral white at the top, everything's
3: gonna look true, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah but that's what I'm yeah. saying. I'm saying like literally what do you dial it into. I know this doesn't matter, but it's just I, I oh I, I think they probably
0: just off. put a card up there before they the three nights of yeah, this
3: yeah. shot. <laughs> yes, oh never <there laughs> yeah, mind. Yes. <laughs> y'all are missing what I'm saying. Like, I, yeah, yeah, yo, we we
1: doing <laughs> 3,800, fam. Let's let's yeah, go. Yeah,
3: like, <laughs> my my guess would be forty six thousand but 4,600, excuse me. But um but anyway man you know what I found myself asking in these situations like when you go to choreograph this where the fuck do you start man where do you start putting this
1: together do you mean from the film perspective or the play perspective
3: like er like i'm not even differentiating between them because i'm assuming it's you know it's the same amount of performance like just putting this together this was song after song after song i didn't expect that
2: he worked on it for years
1: and I oh will say this God. I don't know about everybody else. I, I, all the plays that I've ever seen have I've never seen one that did song after song after song. No, oh, all, I've all, all the ones I've seen were always like there was a little bit of dialogue, dialogue a little bit of actual acting, right. and then you segue. Like when I was done with watching this, I was like, these people have to be tired, yo. Fam. Like, Ar- yo, Aaron Burr has to be tired. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <Yo.
2: laughs> <So> Leslie Odom.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yo, I, I was by the the amount of just dedication and like. Just precision that went into every scene every song like they you know they even had cadences during their raps where they were like double time and at certain points you know all of that to not have a flaw in it fam that shit yeah i can't even cook dinner and not have a flaw like <laughs> with a recipe like so it,
1: honestly it, i think they i mean i i really don't know because i i just i, I actually would love of all you know, we work in this industry, but I don't know anybody that works in the theater industry from this perspective. Same here. And I think they just, they practice every move. I think they storyboard everything like yeah. they go down and write every minute detail. And I think they just practice, practice, practice. So. Yeah.
2: So I said, think the mm. original idea for the play musical was the Hamilton mixtape. And the Hamilton mixtape became something else later on. And Mm. I saw Lin-Manuel Miranda, like he performed it by himself. He performed the opening, the opening song, Alexander Hamilton by himself. Mm. But he said, I think originally the song was just meant to be sung by um, Aaron Burr, the entire song is Aaron Burr. Uh. And he sang it by himself. And they were laughing. And like, you can see it, it's on YouTube and I watched it and I was like, wow, this is completely different energy than how I feel when I, when I listen to that song. Right. Cause I'm one of those people who like, after I started, I started bumping that shit in the car, right. but, <laughs> but, um, he worked, he workshopped it for several out for like a long time. Um and like
4: you can cast it and
2: recast it and like until he got it completely. I mean, Lin Manuel Miranda's a genius. Like no one can deny that he's amazing.
3: Yo, does he Um, remind y'all of Jesse? Yeah. I mean,
2: is is Jesse Puerto Rican?
3: Yeah, he is. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, Afro Puerto Rican. Re-
2: yeah, is he? Af- he's Afro Puerto Rican and African American. Yeah, two kinds of black. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, he um, black. He black two times.
3: He twice, <laughs> right? Yeah, man. That um. So, like i don't even know what the rework process is like i don't know too much behind the scenes and i didn't even i still don't know much about lin-manuel uh miranda you know outside know of that this. he's
2: getting fucking paid yeah.
3: know that where does the <laughs> funding to work on this for years come from like i'm just totally oblivious to these processes he
0: was already a successful uh playwright uh musician before this like he had been he had had some uh work that was on broadway before
3: so
2: gotcha. it, I think this show right before this might have been in the Heights that he was a performer. And then he started writing.
3: Gotcha. But okay.
2: he's, he's, he, he had been on the scene for quite a while.
3: Okay. I'm with it. Yo, history wise, I didn't know shit about Hamilton except for he's on the $10 bill and I, I'm not even sure. Oh, same. Okay. Yeah. So, same. So y- y'all like Chandler in terms of the history, you're not really. Um, so I, I like history a
0: lot. And, um, you know, I took like AP U.S. history in high school and our teacher um, was really into Alexander Hamilton. So I guess I knew more than most people, but I had forgotten most of that. You know, like I knew that he was uh, really responsible for the financial system right? Um, and, and stuff like that. And I remembered, um, you know, that he died in a duel with Aaron Burr. But, you know, I, obviously I couldn't remember, you know, the breadth of knowledge that you would have. Uh, Absorb watching this play. Right. This is mo yeah. it. Mostly felt new to me because you know it's been so long since I heard any of that stuff. Yeah.
2: You know what I knew yeah. about? I knew about Hamilton. Do y'all remember that got milk commercial where? Yeah with, like, the, with the with
1: peanut, peanut butter, with the peanut butter, yo, yo. eating a
2: peanut butter it's sandwich.
1: he's a. I do he's, remember. <laughs>
4: he's yo,
2: the- he's eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and um. He's, like, he's listening to... to the radio, and he has to call in for, to win, like, the grand prize and say, like, who shot Alexander Hamilton. And he has, like, all this memorabilia in his house. And he's calling them on the phone. He's like, I want And it's like, got milk?
3: Because he, <laughs> yeah. well, he's eating, like, a peanut butter sandwich, right? And he can't yeah, talk. So yeah, yeah. He can't talk. Yo,
1: yeah, that yeah. is, I knew that in the $10 bill. That was it. That's it. So.
3: Okay. So, so I knew that
2: Aaron Burr killed him. I didn't know who Aaron Burr was. Like, I had no desire to know this.
3: Right, right, so yeah, I'm same boat here man I, I and I knew even less than that, I couldn't even remember the milk commercial, so I knew even less than that, so, um did, did y'all have' an, like a weird, overwhelming sense of pride being American watching this, yes, or was I tripping?
2: No, you were not tripping, okay, yes, yes, and yeah, we kind of talked about this a little bit in the in the group chat, like. Learning about the American Revolution um, in school, I felt disconnected from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, "This is someone's story, but this isn't really the story of my ancestors. My ancestors were not tripping about tea. They were not. Right. <laughs> they were not. They were not fighting on the side of the rebellion. They were not, you know, really gaining anything from this. Even my white ancestors, I don't even think they were here yet." Mm. Um <laughs> so um you know it just kind of felt like this is the story of of my country but it doesn't really involve me mm. and seeing all of the characters racial identities erased basically and you know replaced with people of color then i started to feel somewhat connected to the story mm-hmm. um all the while, knowing that these people are not Latino or Asian or black. <laughs> I know right. that, right? You know that. Like, I know that they're white people.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, And there's no amount of this kind of storytelling that would, would change that. They're iconic founding fathers. Yeah. But once I could see myself in them, I was like, yeah, it's my country too, though. Like, Yo, look at my country. It's like- <laughs>
3: crazy how that works. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah, just to piggyback off what you're saying, and I'm sorry if, because if, you guys, you know, Chandler, Corey, you guys had decades of connecting with these people. Well, no, <laughs> I don't want to put that on them, but I do have no, a question when, when you finish your point. I'm just fucking around, but um, uh, yo, I, exactly what you said. I disconnected from the opticals of like you know, the optics of what you see, you know, with with the, like the garments and the wigs, kind of the way, uh, you know, King George was was portrayed, right? And how we usually see pictures of like George Washington. I disconnected from that and just started looking at the actions of these people. And it was, I just, I, it made me realize that like, yo, there is, man, and it's so stupid to say it out loud, but it's like, even with these big, big historical figures to our country these are just people they're just literally just people but it was so long ago that you feel like they had it all figured out they had they had just every they just had a an understanding of everything but they were fucking figuring it out man and and then i started looking at the perspective of um this was a coming of age story to me, to some to some degree, right? Oh, absolutely. So, but not only a coming of age of Hamilton, it was like a coming of age of America, where mm-hmm. America is almost like this. You know, we when they when they sang that song, talking to like, uh, um, we're just like our yeah. country, young, rich, and hungry, no, or, or just the, like
2: our country, we're young, scrappy, and hungry. Yeah, young,
3: scrappy, and hungry. Yeah, that's, it's, that's it's, uh, my shot. There you mark. go. So it's like, you know, the the metaphor of like Aunt Alexander Hamilton sort of connecting to America being this young country trying to deem its independence from, it was just so many layers that hit me. I was like, this nigga, Hamilton's like Tony Montana, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Low key.
2: To but your point uh, though, like, I think um, also like humanizing them. Is, is what we need because unfortunately a lot of people cling to the founding fathers as like you say these like mythical people that are almost godlike in a way to them and they're like well they knew and i'm like they're not jesus right. so i'm like they, they knew what they intended for our country i'm like well they're dead like what about me <laughs> like you know right. what i mean um yep. and interestingly enough um a friend of mine DM'd me, because I've been posting hella Hamilton shit on my page since, <laughs> since July 3rd when it came out. Um, but a friend of mine DM'd me, he was like, the revisionist history doesn't bother you. And I was like, well, what do you mean when you say revisionist history, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, these men were horrible, awful, evil, greedy, slave-owning people. And I said, so you're talking about Jefferson and Washington. And he was like, Yeah. And I was like, So I kind of look at it like this. I acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Well, I said, and the play acknowledges it at a point. And he was like, Well, it's glazed over. I looked at it like this. I was like, Well, this is not a story about these men's relationship to slavery. This is a story about these men's relationship to each other. And, you know, Hamilton is the hero in his own story. So I found so much more value. And changing the ethnicities of these people and making me proud of the American Revolution for, like, not the totality of these human beings, but this thing that they accomplished is super fucking important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also not taking away, like, when I, when I leave the space of this story, there are many other stories that tell me how fucked up they were. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> and sure. I believe yeah. those stories, too. And for a long time, I felt way more connected to those stories, though. I don't know. It was interesting. But after I started seeing myself in these people because they look like me, like uh, Corey and Chandler, I wondered if, like, well, is this how white people feel all the time? And is this why they have such a different relationship to history than I do? Does that impact you seeing people look like you?
4: Corey, mm. you take that one first. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know what he going to say.
1: <laughs> uh, no, because honestly, I'm kind of actually with Treezy's joke. Like, you know, we've had representation for, you know, decades, almost a century in, in multimedia. So, no, but I, I'm not an ignorant, bigot white person either where well, I that's don't not need. Well, that's
2: not what I'm asking you. But it's I not... also
1: say is that I don't need to see myself to understand a story either. You know, but okay. I think that's in a strange way. You could warp that into almost a, a part of white privilege. I've seen myself in plenty of stories, okay. So I yeah. don't need to see myself in stories. Whereas there's definitely uh, people who need to see themselves in stories because they've been marginalized. So yeah. So to answer your question, no, not really. Um, but that that has a, I think that's a double edged sword. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, I think you said that beautifully. Um, I agree. Uh, I mean. You know, to a degree, I experienced the same kind of thing that you guys did, where okay, there's a distance from the story of the Founding Fathers simply because it was so long ago, and I don't know anything about that world. That's not the world I live in. Mm-hmm. And so seeing a sort of um anachronistic, modernized version of the events also allows me to form a deeper connection with it. Mm-hmm. And nice. I'm saying that on top of everything Corey said, but also I would like to pose the question. Yeah and this is a take that didn't occur to me until I watched it on Disney Plus with the you know the the contemporary context of the time in which we live in and that we're recording this you know theater is uh a sort of uh it's a very exclusionary medium it's uh-huh. extremely expensive mhm uh-huh. and it's uh obviously the majority of its patrons are going to be upper class white people. Mm -hmm. And it occurred to me while watching this, not to discredit any of the power that you guys, Leezy and Treasy, have attributed to this, you know, with the power of, of casting it the way that it is cast and, and telling the story the way that it's told. But I think that part of the reason that this play has been so successful and monumental is that, You know, we all know the principle of, like, white guilt, and I think that this play can be read as, you know, an apologist narrative. It's a bunch of, of prominent and incredible black actors telling the story of white America, which, yes, you know, you mentioned the revisionist history thing, and I think that that makes white people feel better. Maybe huh, to okay. to an extent, it's kind of like the blind side effect or the help, right? These films that sort of just are like, oh, the world's not all bad, you know. Now I'm allowed to feel good about the founding fathers again. <laughs> so, um, so go ahead. I don't easy, think I, I don't something. think
2: that that was Lin Manuel's intention, but I I don't think that what you're saying is off base. I don't think that's
0: his intention either. I don't think I think it's an I think it's a circumstance, um. You know, sort of a byproduct of just the nature of the story and the way that it's told. I and I, I don't think that's the that's not the main thing I walked away from watching it. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't stop thinking about it once I had that nugget of an idea, and that's something that me and my girlfriend talked about a lot when we were done with it.
2: To your um, point about it being such an expensive medium, I definitely because I'm me and I love being black and I want great things for other black people, but like walking around the theater. I was definitely looking around at how many black and brown faces I saw and there weren't very many. Um mm. and
0: And that's locally. That's yes, local Yeah, that's in Virginia, theater. right. right. <laughs> if you're talking about who was able to go see this and pay over $1,000 to sit, you know, on the the front section of the at the Rogers Theater like you know, this is a very small percentage of the population even with the multiple tours the percentage of people that was able to see this play live. And the percentage of those people that were white is probably not the the best looking statistic. You know what I'm saying?
4: Probably
2: not. And my immediate thought leaving, like, because I paid attention the whole time, but my immediate thought leaving was how many more people of color I wish had a chance to see it.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think that is the ultimate power and the reason why I love this adaptation on Disney Plus and why I love film as a medium on the whole, I think this is a great example of how we can democratize a story and make it, you know, a a whole movement, much more so than just making the um, soundtrack available on Spotify. Now this belongs to everybody. It's not an elitist thing anymore. And I think that's that's really great. I was,
2: so that I was actually going to, I don't know if it was going to be an all black cast, which I think it probably was going to be, but I was looking forward to going to see In the Heights at norfolk state before i saw it in theaters which we're gonna have to wait on that now but um it's just interestingly enough like norfolk state made theater available to me and other black people growing up that's why it's so important like shout out to hampton hampton has a great theater program too but i didn't fall in love with you the way i did with them oh, as a child geez. so <laughs> so um yeah. but i like i watched i remember being um i might have been like seven or eight norfolk state did a um they they did and then they did it at um at the chrysler i believe but they did a all-black cast of the king and i Mm. everybody's black and i i thought that siam was in africa until until i learned about geography Mm. because everybody was black um
4: Mm, yeah it's just
2: it's very interesting with you know when you when you see those things but um you know it's just it's just really important to have access to that medium cuz you know we always say you can't be what you can't see so i think having this story um showcased in that way does another thing for children in terms of their their perception of their ability to lead I think I think
3: it's great. And yeah. I
2: love that I love just like you said that it it's on a wider medium at this point where people can get it in their homes and it's not so cost heavy for them.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- th- to me th- there's a genius in that and Lisa you'll appreciate this story. I was texting uh back and forth with Fam today. Fam uh shout out to Fam Lay from Norfolk. Oh, um, Nate. <laughs> yeah, I was t- I was texting with Nate er- earlier today about something and I just I just happened to ask him like, you know, have you seen uh you know Hamilton yet and he was like nah you know is it any good and I proceeded to write him this long ass paragraph about how transformative it is and how much of like a you know just an experience it was man and it you know and his response to that was yo I'm about to watch that shit right like I'm watching it today type shit and And it's hip-hop like (laughs) huh
2: and it's hip-hop most of the songs are rap they're not they're not singing
3: it's hip-hop but you know my, my, my point is saying that is kind of just piggybacking off what you guys are talking about. I'm not a theater guy. Like I, I'm not, I don't even know what frequency to tune into to know what has come out, you know, what's popping on Broadway right now. Like I have no access to that universe and nor do I even know where to seek it. If I wanted access to that universe, you know, film is my medium a thousand percent. So this thing, this thing, you know, being accessible via streaming for, you know, the personality that I have is like when I have a certain experience, I try to I try to, you know, throw it out there to my circle, you know, and really try to explain it to them why it's important to me. And then hopefully they gravitate to it. And sometimes it you know, sometimes people take sometimes they don't. And it's it's feeding that portion of it for me. Like, you know, my wife and I had like a like a, you know, hour long conversation about it today. um Just about what it it had so many healing properties for me personally that I did not know I even needed, Right. Like, it's like, it's just an experience, man. And it, it, it's, there's no way anybody could ever really prepare you for it. Um, it's something that you have to experience, but let's kind of get into, um, um, do do we want to get into some of the themes of this, like themes that you guys took away from this or. Sure. Like, you know, what's the best way to attack that here, man? What are, would you guys take from this?
0: I mean, I think most of it is about, um, and this is sort of the last song is is very emblematic of this. But I think the very concept of revisionist history, right? You know, uh, to to be very trite and quote the work, uh, "Who lives, who dies, who tells your story," right? Yes. That's sort of the whole theme, and and I think that Lin Manuel Miranda seemed touched by this story of Alexander Hamilton who is certainly far from the most famous of the founding fathers yet left a tremendous impact on you know the shape of our country for hundreds of years going forward um so I I guess that's the main thing I take away you know right
1: interesting for me in a strange way this had nothing my takeaway had nothing to do with Alexander Hamilton Mm -hmm. like I'm not saying I don't care about the guy I don't you know but I think what he did was he took something I I think the the presentation of fighting for something and to to be flawed and to and to not give up and to believe in something I think he chose a particular vehicle that he found to be the perfect vehicle but like when I look at it I I, I didn't become. I became inspired to work harder to make sure that I'm, you know, doing the best that I can. And it has nothing to do with Alexander Hamilton. He could have took anything, honestly. Facts. But so I, it's kind of a strange thing because I, I don't particularly care about Alexander Hamilton. I, I, right. But I care about the story that I watched. I watched the, this. Yeah, huh? on, I'm, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I watched this a two hour, two and a half hour song. About somebody who fought for something, yeah. and I think that's a message that you can translate to today, to tomorrow, to th- another two hundred years from now. Like, I think that's the biggest impact that I got from it was that wow, like the ideal of fighting for something hasn't changed much. You know, I love that, that Corey. Is, that's, that's really good.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was the vehicle, sort of, for like that message that you like a. It was like an open wound internally, and he was like the mm-hmm. vehicle to heal that, like. I definitely, you know, saw the whole, Like, you know, I I said it jokingly, but I really did kind of compare him to Tony Montana. And then even like his relationship, like him and Aaron Burr, I almost looked at that almost like Biggie and Pac, you know what I'm saying? If you want to take it to like the hip hop realm of things where it's like, you know, um, just their whole trajectory of, you know, how they met. And then, you know, and, and how their, their stories just continue continuously overlapped and then, you know somewhere along the way the wires got crossed and then it turned into what it turned into and then these guys you know this thing gets you know uh uh you know etched in the history books as being this thing you know that and then we experience it now through you know centuries of interpretation of what actually happened um and, and I was just like yo this is this is like every fucking story bro <laughs> like you yeah said.
1: i i really believe that and i don't want to discredit him for you know the reasons he chose hamilton but i i really think you could have done many other characters if you had applied the same attention to detail prep and obviously talent i think you could have done it with just about any figure Wouldn't or say. you know any figure that had somewhat of a similar arc yeah. but i i didn't for me it wasn't about hamilton it was about believing in something
3: yeah you know big shit Big shit.
0: I like the symbolism of, you know, the well, also the the simplicity and very uh, genius blocking mechanism of having, you know, the lazy Susan, the rotating circles on the stage, but also the symbolism of, you know, how history is just, you know, round and round repeating itself. We're kind of caught on a lazy Susan ourselves anthropologically. Um, and I think also it's just a great visual, you know, it it allows for. Infinite settings to be cast on a stage that, uh, where physically things change very little. Really, it's just the color of the lighting and like, you know, bringing a table and some
3: ladders. Yeah. Yeah. The production design, it was like, I mean, in this, you know, you just said a term, Lazy Susan. I never even heard that term, man. Um, yeah, I'm talking
0: about your mama. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
2: you really Uh, never heard of a Lazy Susan?
3: Yeah, they're in every microwave. There's oh, one on my I,
2: table. i I have my salt and pepper sugar on it. It's
3: oh. Like a turntable. See, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> Temple of Doom. They had one on they had a lazy Susan where they put the gun on the thing. Yeah.
2: Yes, like, that was a lazy Susan. So Correct. I just, I, so I'm
3: very familiar with I guess now what they are. I just never knew the vocab, you know, I never knew the vocabulary for it.
2: I think they're kinda of standard in like professional theaters too. Most stages have them.
3: Oh. Um. Yeah, I've, I was, s-
2: I've sat on the one in Chrysler Hall and spun. It's not fun, but it's not
3: fun. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, this shit is genius." I'm thinking it's like I was, about, I was about ready to attribute that to the production design, but y- y'all are telling me this is just like a, a default well, the, prop.
0: The thing that like usually they're used as a it's a logistical thing. If you have a set, you can have a curtain down and have another set on the back, and then you pull a front curtain and then you rotate, and then the stage hands change the back set and the front set is front stage does that make sense
3: holy Uh shit
0: but then in this case Lin-Manuel Miranda's like no that's the whole set
3: so where would the term lazy susan come from? I worry that's kind of fucked up. Who I believe knows, it was invented by etymology. Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> this lazy bitch susan just lays down and rolls. <laughs> like like where, like what is the etymology of that shit? Man, but
0: um, You are a ridiculous human. It was in yeah, the it yeah. was in the Reynolds pamphlet. It was in like the third paragraph and Hamilton invented it. <laughs> man, no,
2: d- sir. You're d- d- funny, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: d- who who like man, for all right, so David was the standout for me clearly, me too. absolutely. Like, yes, when he came me in, as ham- he came in as Jefferson dog. Like uh, that was my shit, bro. Like,
2: I liked him in both roles. Like,
3: yeah, me too. But Jefferson, the French
0: accent is fun. But Jefferson, I think, is you know he really takes off at that point. He yeah, Jefferson
1: him. was definitely my my favorite part with him and but he's a star that dude's a star in my opinion
3: so yeah this was like i mean my foray into into V was uh blind spotting you know what i'm saying or yeah blind spotting so you know i knew he came from hamilton but blind spotting was the first thing that i saw him in and n- looking back on it now i see how a lot of th- did, did you ever see blind spotting chili or lizy
2: thank you for not
3: my using bad. my government friend um
2: yeah i saw blind spotting i i enjoyed blind spotting um but my introduction to david was like a podcast and then he was on he's, he's johan on blackish so um is he, plays, he yeah he's johan he plays rainbow's brother
3: oh shit well I'm, uh, you know they're they're and then rashida, rashida
2: rashida jones is is um lasianica her sister
3: yeah, okay, damn. Santa I'm, Monica,
2: yeah. not La Cienega. I'm, I'm <laughs>
3: terrible. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Blackish. I'm I thought you said insecure. I'm like, yo, I totally missed that. Yeah, I no, I, I, I watched Blackish here and there. I, yeah, I really. he's
2: he's Johan on Blackish. Um I I once I saw him in blind spotting. I was like, "Oh."
4: Yeah. Cuz
2: Cause I, cuz cause I actually My introduction to like Hamilton cast people that were recognizable for me. Actually, I ran it. I come across Anthony Ramos first because he's in She's Gotta Have It. She's Gotta
4: Have It. He's playing
2: Mars and How Do You Not Love Mars.
0: He's Um, in A a Star Is Born too, very briefly. Oh, yeah, he is. I definitely did
2: not watch that. Um, What?
3: Oh, That was good. Lazy. (laughs) I'm out. Don't get it started.
2: Nothing about that movie appeals to me. Everyone keeps Bro. telling me it's good, and I'm like, meh. It's, <laughs>
0: it's the best movie of uh, 2018, for sure.
3: Uh, that's a whole nother conversation mm. that He's I disagree in disagree um, but I hear you.
2: He, what's the movie with John David Washington? And he's in that one, where he's a cop. What's in the movie? Black Klansman? No. Tenet. <laughs> no, I hate y'all. Tenet. It was the It was the um, police reform movie about a shooting.
3: Uh, I'm lost. Mm-hmm. Of I'm Monsters lost. and Men? Is that no, what it's I never called? saw Monsters and Men. Yeah, that, that sounds right oh, though.
2: Oh yeah, so Monsters and Men. The actual, the first segment, so the stars of that movie mm-hmm. that I, and I didn't know until I watched it because you just see John David Washington on a poster. Mm-hmm. The stars of that movie are Anthony Ramos, John David Washington, and Kelvin Harrison Jr. Now you're oh, going to wow. watch it, right?
3: Yeah, now Cause, I might
2: watch it. Because I, I said Kelvin Harrison, Harrison Jr.
3: Yeah, that's that's the homie. <laughs>
2: Yeah. um and, and i'm not gonna lie i looked at his imdb and when i saw that i was like because i had no intention of watching it either i was like i don't want to watch a cat movie yeah. i was like oh kelvin harrison Jr. is in it now i'm watching and then right. when it opened i was like nigga, anthony ramos is in this too it's christmas yeah. that's <laughs> not like, like a
3: hell of a cast for real it's a key. very
2: good cast um jasmine yeah. cephas jones is in it too um oh, i'm who definitely ryan reynolds and peggy schuyler in in hamilton mm. um but like i had fallen in love with anthony Mm-hmm. And then I watched Blind Spot and I was like, well, I kind of got a crush on you too, Duffy. So, dude,
4: yeah.
3: so yeah. after
2: see, I was really excited to see them in Hamilton to see like why Hollywood has now fallen in love with both of them.
3: Yeah. So, so the, the scene in Blind Spot, and you remember when he confronted the police officer in like, the garage?
2: Yeah, he has that, that amazing that, like monologue. That,
3: that rapping monologue. I was like, th- that's when it. it it was like an aha moment for me. It was like, oh, not saying that, you know, that was inspired by Hamilton, but obviously, you know, him and uh, I forgot his partner that he wrote Blind Spotting with, obviously there was, you know, obviously that was a derivative of probably where he was at in his career right now and realize how good of a vehicle that is to sort of, tell a message and you know how we really don't get that in film that much you know this fourth wall sort of dance and song but it didn't feel out of place like it felt right for the climate it felt right for the for, for the circumstance in, in the movie and I'm talking about blind spotting like all of that was presented via somebody else it would have been completely cheesy to me but now it it was an aha why it wasn't cheesy for me i was like yo he oozes this kind of charisma man like like he's just he was he's authentic man i like that david dude man he's he's real deal man sorry to go on long about him.
2: i felt like i'm not gonna lie like i heard blind spotting described on a podcast and i was like i don't want to see this shit i don't want to see a movie about a white dude having a epiphany about like what it's like to be black i was like man, i don't want to see it yeah, so what actually me. made me watch it because i feel like the movie is actually more about raphael casal's character than david Diggs' character it is
3: to some degree um
2: yeah. but martin made me watch the movie me too <laughs> cause yeah, me he, too. because he said it was so good and i was like okay martin has the gift of discernment like if yeah. it sucked nah, if martin, 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 martin
3: like like low. he right. does <laughs>
2: however i feel like because martin <laughs> funny enough we all went to see waves together and the other week martin was like Man, fuck waves out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, fam. And we were like, I was like, I was like, Yo, nigga, like, like, with a do-rag? Like, what you got? What's going on?
1: Right. And then he didn't respond for like eight hours. Damn,
3: left us on a cliff. Yo, he just was like, fuck waves, and then that was it. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was about to say Kelvin Harrison had like a me too situation or something. I was like, oh no.
2: Right. Better well, not. Not or, my baby. I'm like, T. I'm rooting Scholes. for him. Like, my I send, I send all my prayers to the not all of them, but a good chunk of my prayers to the ancestors for Kelvin Harrison Jr. to make it. Facts. Um, but but uh yeah he he was like fuck waves i was like okay so he'd be sitting around thinking about and like martin is for real black like 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 me so yeah, yeah, so, he for real black. so i was like okay so if martin saw it and he didn't find like the relationship between the characters to be problematic and he enjoyed it i was like okay i can watch it yeah. but yes david is amazing
3: and, and blind spotting came out 2018 right Yes, I am DB states, yeah. So fuck Star was born Chandler. That was for you. That was strictly. I didn't for see him. Blind Spotting. Oh yeah, no. I think you would enjoy it. I No, I An- Anthony it. Ramos
2: authentic. was in was in a Star Was Born, not David.
3: Yeah, no, no, no. But he was saying that it was the best film of 2018. I said, no, nah, not with Blind Spotting being out there. It's not blind having, with, Who blind spotting of y'all who of y'all has seen
0: a Star Is born? I'm just I've saying. seen uh, it, yeah. did, did you, you like good. it? No,
3: it was really good. Okay. It just it. Cool. Just, it just
0: hit two. me hard. It's, it hit. It hit me hard. It's Everything a, it's a, hits
2: you hard. You're a tender, dude, you. Chandler.
0: I know. Yeah, <laughs> you, know you, You're saw, right. you saw.
1: That's you right, saw. You probably shed a ton of tears when you saw homie's feet dangling, didn't you? What? Yeah. What?
2: <laughs> I have no idea what we're talking. It's all about, about
0: Jackson Maine. What are you Yeah, doing?
1: yeah. Jackson Maine. All you gotta yeah. do is trust me. Yeah, all you gotta, all do, you, gotta do. Do, you gotta do. you trust me.
3: Who 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 was y'all's character, man, and in, in, in Hamilton, man? Who'd y'all fuck with? Washington.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everybody a lot of people stood out for different reasons. Like Washington could sing his ass off. Who oh, he killed. Him. Um I liked Aunt Angelica. I thought she really oh, stood like out Renee to me. Oh, you like Renee
2: Goldsberry? Yeah.
1: But you know what's funny? Angelica stars in Altered Carbon, and she's terrible in Altered Carbon. know, <laughs> really? like she,
2: she was is... she was in Waves. She plays Calvin Hurston oh, really? Jr.'s mother,
3: yeah. and she's oh, very wow. good in that. <laughs> I didn't even peep. I was wondering what she looked familiar from. You're right.
1: Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I, I think everybody, like uh, almost everybody on that on the show, stood out to me. Like yeah. I was like, all these people are really doing their thing, yeah. and they're and you know, I I was very impressed with everybody. Yeah, I, I agree.
2: Um, I honestly, um, they all seem to be the cast. They and uh, you know, Anthony uh, Ramos and Jasmine Cephas Jones, who is Ron Cephas. Uh, his d- daughter.
3: Yeah. Um, ice, ice from Paid in Full.
2: Sure. Also, William from This Is Us, because yeah. the rest of us. Oh,
3: watch that's TV. true. I forgot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was also in Um The Get Down. In Mr. Many Robot. Days. But that's yeah. that is that is her father.
3: Yeah, which is crazy uh, to me.
2: I don't know what her mama looks like,
3: but it, yes, <laughs> it look it, 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 she she favors her mother a little bit more. It, okay. Yeah. she's At- like a jazz musician from england i believe or something like that. oh okay. i did my research and then i found out that her and uh mars blackman knew mars were a thing and i was like yeah Fuck that and then they're I in
2: they're her. they're in a relationship but like ev- they're she's in everything that like she's in blind spotting yep she's in she's in she's in monsters and men like yep. they're they're fucking cheering for her but i want to see more from her i want to see what she's gonna do i know she just dropped like an ep um oh, she sings too she sings her well she sings i mean she's in hamilton
3: yeah oh yeah facts (laughs) (laughs) that makes sense um (laughs) that makes sense she's peggy
2: she's probably peggy skyler and mariah reynolds um Mm -hmm. i want to see more from her they all seem to believe in her so much so i'm like hmm what's the deal there so i kind of i kind of like and i'm i'm in love with them as a couple like Whatever they're doing is the cutest shit in the world to me. I don't know why they are so adorable to me.
4: Yeah.
2: Um. But I I, I I want to know more about her. She's the person that like I feel like I got the least of, but I'm more, most intrigued by. I should yeah.
3: say. Yo, question, man. Was Hamilton the original clout chaser, yo?
2: <laughs> he was definitely a social climber. <laughs>
3: yeah. He he was doing shit for clout, yo. Did, did I hear that right? Did he marry like? Did he like? So
2: he married well. Eli- he married Eli- into her. So family, he married yeah.
3: Eliza, but then he had a relationship with Angelica too.
2: I don't think that's that true. there's any proof that they had a relationship. I know okay. that there are letters. The letters between them have been found, but right. I don't it, know. Exactly it was what emotional
0: cheating. You know what I mean? It was like mm-hmm. you didn't have to touch her, right. Alex. You wanted to touch her, and that's
3: enough right. for me. Well, you know he's never satisfied, so.
0: You know. Damn right, you know what I mean. Yeah. Where are my men at?
3: Where are my men? <laughs> whoop whoop! Yeah, <laughs> hey, you on your own right there. You see, Corey can't say nothing. He's he on the other. If he turned his computer around, he'd be like solidarity.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am alone in my yeah. in my bedroom.
2: <laughs> in your boudoir, that's where you are. Yeah, You're alone. Yeah. in Your
1: boudoir. Um, so you know,
0: I just I, I'm sorry, treesy, I just yeah. I think this is important because. I still, at the end of it, I, I, like, I couldn't find a suitable answer to the question that the that the play poses, which, um, is. which you know, is like, how does an a bastard orphan son, son of a horned Scotsman <laughs> dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean by providence and prominence and squalor, like, how does he end up a hero and a scholar?
3: And I just I still don't
0: know. Like I saw it happen,
3: but I don't know. Yeah, oh man. He yo <laughs>
0: you know why?
3: He told him to tell him he was in a sanitarium. Sure. Oh, man. oh um, man. But you
2: know, in New York, God, it's you awful. can be a new man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so-
3: oh my yeah. God. Yeah. now you're, oh, right. you're right. He he That's went it. to Harlem. He changed it. <laughs> yo, failed. There was so much shit about this that I was like, yo, that's crazy. That's funny. So Harlem was like, it was the spot, huh? Uptown. Still huh? is.
4: Still
0: is.
3: Huh? Yeah, no, it still is. But like, it seems like it's doing a full revolution now. It's like, it's going it's going back to the Hamilton days now. Everything's uh, legal in Jersey. Just you funny. wait. <laughs> that was funny. Yo, I got a kick out of King George, man. Like, yeah. man, That song oh, is, is my favorite. Da, yeah. da, da, da. Yo, <laughs> I'm sorry. Alright, favorite... <laughs> oh, some <I> mean... <laughs> good some good
0: spittle happening over Skype.
1: Man, yeah. my favorite line was when he was like, so y'all give up power? I didn't know y'all did that. Oh like <laughs> <laughs> yo, yeah. that was, I... It's kind of a subtle joke, but I, I really I thought that was really funny. No, hilarious. That uh, is
0: That song, just because of how funny it is, is the one that has stuck with me. Like, I'm singing it to myself walking around. So and I love uh, like all the songs here, but that one just really one makes thing, me laugh. That's it, that's even the one when that, I sing it on my own. That's
2: I kill your friends me, and family. It, it, <laughs> one thing
1: that I, uh, that's the one that that I really like, me oh,
3: too, oh, and, what, and what wasn't lost on me was that like I feel like his was the most... um melodic in that way but when you listen to what he was saying lyrically his was the most vicious like his uh-huh. songs were the most vile and vicious and i was like yo that's so dope that they gave him sort of these upbeat melodies to yeah really like it's soften. vaudevillian huh
0: it's like vaudevillian it's it's very like uh show tunes kind of it, it's purposefully at odds with the rest of the play
3: right and it, yo I, I just thought that there was there was so much brilliance in that man and um and, you know, and I just found myself saying, like, shit, like, yo, yeah, why would I agree to pay a motherfucker for the rest of my life? Like, if you're not contributing nothing, what you say, living in squalor, like, mm-hmm. we, you know, we poor over here in America and then we're supposed to, like, send what we make back. No, fuck them. Fuck King George. You know, fuck him right in his wig. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's kind of how I felt, you know. Um,
2: On a lighter note, there is the cutest uh, video, if you look it up on YouTube, of uh, Steph Curry and his daughters singing that shit in the car. Oh
3: wow! Okay, <laughs> it's Not adorable. Yet. Which one, Riley <laughs> well, or the younger one? Both of them. Oh Okay, okay, Dope.
2: They're sitting there, and they're sitting in their high, their high. The one, <laughs> their, uh, one their, thing their though cartoons. that
3: I that
1: I really liked about this isn't necessarily with King George, but all the musicals I've seen, they they never repeat a part of a song that played prior. Yes. And I actually like that they did that with King George, and they did it subtly in some of the other songs or some of the segues. I thought that was a really nice touch, and I didn't know if that was something that Broadway does very often, but I liked that they kept reminding you about just certain lyrics. They would just say another lyric that was from a previous song, and it kind of kept the story coherent for me. I thought that was a dope touch.
0: That's a thing you see a lot in, in like, you know, orchestral music, you know, like a a Mm -hmm. symphony frequently, you know, you're going to have different movements and different themes and often there's a refrain of, you know, any given theme and uh, there's a huge uh, homage to that in the last song here where they sort of reference like every other major theme that you've heard prior. Exactly, which I thought was
1: really Mm -hmm. essential because some musicals that I've watched in the past it feels like the music is there to just kind of give you that emotional connection but i feel like in hamilton it was emotion and it was literally moving it was information it was moving the story along and it made it engaging so ironically i thought the last song was like the worst song i was like how that song
2: makes me cry my eyes out really every fucking time
1: i mean if i had to just give the crown to the what song i just i don't know i, I was hoping for a bigger ending I, it wasn't the biggest ending for Are me you talking it's a downbeat
0: about- ending it's supposed to be sad Right. i know
1: i know i don't know that's <laughs> just my thoughts it's a great play i'm i'm i just literally if you ask me what was my least favorite song it was, was cuz he an he wanted yeah, it yeah. To,
2: he wants it to to end <laughs> he wants it to end like late miss.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't I've know i don't that. know what yeah, it, I mean, if you think head.
2: about the story, there's lots of parallels um, between mm-hmm. them, like the well, the the second act of Les Mis, but um, about the revolution in France.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, no, over my head. I've never seen Les Mis. Yeah. I do not think mm-hmm. you will
2: enjoy Les Mis. But I think that will. that is a that is a that is a theater nerd staple that I don't think you will love. Okay, but I the, do. I the mean, word. there's a film version of *Les Mis* too.
1: Yeah, the, that's was, a joint with Hugh was, Jackman. It, uh,
2: yeah, Eddie Redmayne, Anne Hathaway, Amanda Seyfried. A, like, it's it's very good. There's
1: a, a non-musical
0: the musical version of it from the '90s, based on the novel, that yeah. stars Liam Neeson. If you don't want to
3: watch the musical joint, what, di- what didn't wasn't Gwyneth Paltrow in it too? Or am I tripping? No, that was something. Di- oh, that, oh, she. You know what that she. was, was in that *Shakespeare was great, in Love*. That was a great. Something. To, to, with I have Robert no De Niro's idea. Nero, something great, something. I know, what you're, I know. What oh, you're Great Expectations. About, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Great yeah, Expectations. That's a modern adaptation. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they both go over my head. I give like zero you would
2: like Great that. Expectations. Also, you would okay. like that. That's not a musical. Watch that.
0: Okay. Hey, you guys know it's a good movie. Uh, 2018's A Star Is Born is
3: really good. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, man. Oh, so so going back to what you said, Corey, because I didn't realize that was like an orchestra thing. You know, I found myself saying that like. Yo, know, this almost feels like a um like a good stand-up. Like a good stand-up special does that. Yeah. It's like it it's just, just goes. It's it's it it's just, evolving and it's referencing as it goes, you know? Um mm-hmm. and that's how it felt to me. I picked up on that as well. What was uh,
2: speaking of that, what what was your favorite song?
3: Yo, man, I think mine's was like the um the first debate that they had with Jefferson and uh and and Hamilton. That first debate just because of that line, um, uh, you know, where Jefferson was like, uh, uh you know, we do all the basically like we do like we do the planting. And then when uh Alexander uh, you know, Hamilton came back, he was like, uh it was like the only reference to slavery. He for was real. like,
2: he was like, You're you're good at that because you don't pay for
3: labor. That that part, <laughs> but he was basically saying, like, you talking about you do all the planting, but we really know who's doing all the work. You know what I'm saying? Basically mm-hmm. saying like, you ain't doing shit, you got slaves doing, you know, that so that was my favorite and then close second favorite was when they did like the like the ten dual commandments.
2: I knew you would like that. <laughs> yeah, this
3: is a biggie reference, man. I love that shit. how about y'all's? What was y'all's songs?
1: Um, man, to be honest, it was hard to keep up with the damn things, man. Like there's a lot of songs in the in in the in it, so yeah. I, I enjoyed a lot of them. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm actually literally pulling them up because I have to. I have to be reminded of them. I imagine
2: so. you would probably like the the, the George Washington song,
4: "Outgunned, out That's I l I hard, bro.
1: Yeah. I, I really uh,
0: like the opening song, and I love the King George song. Those are the. The top two for me. Yeah, yeah key, I'm key I'm
2: Jordan. a fan. I can I can play the opening song a million times and I feel like that doesn't yeah. count because I feel like everyone loves that song, but
0: mm. I, oh, okay, cool. I actually, All right. See you guys later. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, shut the computer down.
2: <laughs> um, um I do I do oh, like that one and I also like the Skylar sisters.
3: The Skylar sisters.
0: That one's annoying. I don't like that one. It Thank
2: <laughs> <you>. <laughs> it's too much. I like it's that's work. So um <laughs> I actually like that one. The line that they say, look around, look around and how lucky we are to be alive right now mm. takes on a whole new meaning for me post-COVID and, you know, George Floyd. It's
4: mm.
2: so, like I found myself like singing that and being all happy and getting to that line and like being like, whoa, I feel feelings.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, And just, I don't know, just thinking about them then and what it took for them then to do what they did for me to exist here now. Like I feel, right. that song makes me feel connected in that way based on just like what they're saying
3: real shit real shit another one that stuck stuck out for me i really like the room where it happened
1: yeah but, i was gonna say i like that one too yeah,
3: the room. um aaron burr had a
1: solo song that i actually liked and i i can't recall it right now but i remember saying like he actually had a song that i enjoyed um, um
2: the one that he's um that you're talking about wait for it
1: yeah it might have been wait for it yeah, and I, I like history has its eyes on you. Very I'm, I'm looking at them. Yeah, I mean I, I enjoyed a lot of them. I even like Helpless for the the inner <laughs> my inner romantic. So I'm trying to remember
2: the song okay. the song that she that Renee Goldsberry does rewind where she's like wrapping her ass off i'm like yo how are you ludicrous in this moment like that's
3: what i'm saying yo like the the amount of talent man whoever casted this yo my hats go off to them bro like no like it's exactly what you guys said even down to like the ensemble cast man it's like that you know or not the what do they call them like the like the extras
2: they
3: call them the, the Ensemble. Oh, the Ensemble. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. Even down to them, man, it's like they were on point. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, there was not one weak link in this joint, man. Like, and whoever casted it, man, I don't know from, I don't even know what the process is for none of it. All this shit is so far over my head, fam. Like, I don't even know where to begin in terms of putting something like this together. It's just amazing on every level. Um, I, I just, I can't, I can't say enough how much. I'm like, I was literally a changed person coming out of this. Like I, like I want to tap into Broadway now. Like if, if it's as intelligent, if Broadway is half as intelligent as this production was, it's like, I got to be on this inside joke forever, man. Cause this is just an experience that I just, I don't have, man. I've been to a handful of plays in my lifetime, man. And, and every time I come out of one, I feel sort of the same way about it, but this was just this was transformative for Did me. Did you see
2: man. the uh, color purple when it came here? The color no, purple? I didn't
0: see
3: the that color purple. That was so purple. good. <laughs> I saw Lion King when it came here.
0: That was incredible. And, and I cried the entire time I saw that, man. Oh, wow.
3: Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I'm trying to think what else. I saw one more. We took my daughter to see one more other thing, and I just can't remember what it is.
2: That Wicked comes here pretty much every year. That's the next thing I. Well, they they extend they moved it because it was supposed to have come already. But mm-hmm. okay. um, that's the next thing I want to see is Wicked. And obviously, if the Lion King comes back, I need to see that again. But that's been here several times too.
3: So, so I'm gonna tell you what this makes makes me really excited for. I don't know if you guys have read, and it comes up period periodically uh, about Pharrell doing Atlantis, sort of like an, a musical about the you know Atlantis housing. Sort of projects in Virginia Beach, where he came from. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, apparently that's supposed to be kind of like the next thing. And, and it, it was sort is of is it announced. supposed to
2: be a, a musical film a musical or a state or a, like m- a st- a film or a stage play?
3: I think a musical. I think it's supposed to. Kind of, if I'm not mistaken, um, I know it hey, was answer homegirl's question,
0: huh? A movie or like a stage production? That's what that's what she was because they're, they're
3: both
1: because they're both. No, you oh, didn't. You okay. said a musical, or did you? I
3: don't know. I thought I said a film. My bad. Yeah, a movie. Like, because I you think just said ins- a
4: musical.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought you said musical, and we both were like,
3: "Oh, my <laughs> bad." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in my head, you know what? Because where I was trying to get to, my bad, was that I think is the presentation of it is like um, La La Land. I think um, some of the same producers from La La Land are supposed to be involved with that. Um, so my, my bad. Okay. That's where I was getting to it, and that's where I dropped off.
2: No worries. Right. That sounds amazing. Yeah. i'm I'm here for i'm here for that yeah i'm here for all things virginia and many things pharrell i would tell you to in addition to um uh, if hamilton really had that much of an impact on you in addition to broadening your appreciation for musicals mm-hmm. take in some of virginia's history um and a lot of it is well i mean post-covid will be um easily accessible to you i don't know if you realize there are two preserved colonial homes like right beside macarthur mall
3: oh shit you know what there's one kind of a like if you're going down not plume what is that not saint paul's city hall
1: city hall yeah Yeah, it's like right
3: across from the macarthur parking lot right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that one it's over
1: there like where the where the tide places
3: yes yeah exactly mm-hmm. so that's the, that's one
1: of them
2: so on the north on the north like the north garage like mm-hmm. you know how you can pull around the side and go park on the first floor okay there's a house the moses meyer house is right there is right mm-hmm. there on the same block as they built a mall around it uh i've been wow. in that house several times as mm-hmm. a child they used to do these first person narratives um and i people get a lot of criticism for like deciding to do that kind of work. Whereas I think it's extremely important. I remember being about 12 years old and, um, we went to, we took a field trip, um, to the Moses Meyer house. And it was my second time being there and we went upstairs and there's a woman who, um, does a first person narrative of Moses Meyer's wife. She was older at the time, so I doubt she's still doing this, but she, um, she talked about what it was like to live um, mm-hmm. in colonial Norfolk. And then you go downstairs into the kitchen and the washerwoman is there. And these are both real people. Her name was Betsy. I don't remember her last name, but that lived in Norfolk way back when <clears throat> in the 1700s. And she talked about what it was like to live there and the contrasting like experiences that they have. I found that to be extremely valuable to me mm. um, as a black child to see my ancestor's story also depicted in there because you know i went to monticello in fourth grade like we all do and mm-hmm. you know i actually want to go back there as well because from what i've heard they've incorporated more of this incorporated more of the slave narratives into those stories as well i mean i drive on monticello
0: like every day i don't think that's really that big of a deal you video. better Stupid. stay
2: cute <laughs> this is a norfolk <laughs> it's a very
0: local segment here
2: to with this shit, yeah. uh Montice- monticello yes avenue i'm talking about monticello um
3: <laughs>
2: yeah
1: yeah that um- yeah, that, that, yeah <laughs> that was a funny that was a funny one
2: no that was, that was good no was good right mm-hmm. um but i i do want to go back to monticello to see how the presentation of the story of thomas jefferson has changed with the incorporation of sally Hemings and other slaves who lived on the property um and telling part of their stories and what their experiences are so like those things are really available to us um for those of y'all who you know feel traumatized by those things by all means if you don't want to see it stay away from it but if you're curious about it even in the least bit like there's an opportunity there for you to learn
3: yeah i I know you know you know being black man it's um uh, wait what uh, yeah <laughs> total shocker i know wait a minute
0: you're black Tracy? how long have you been, been black the
3: raps.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so Tracy, um, when did you discover you were black
1: yeah, <laughs> when crazy. corey
2: called him Tremaine on the
1: mic no <laughs> like like people 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 know who you are
3: uh, well, yeah, People people know me a, know who i am yeah, I go, yeah you know that's a whole other story but you know you, you know obviously man our relationship to history is 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 a little prickly um but you know I'm at peace with it. You know, it's it's less about what has happened and more about, like, the mindset of people trying to preserve or hold what has happened to a high regard. Like, I'm okay with history as long as we understand that is behind us, you know. Tell that, the truth. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that, is, that is behind us. And, and this is, you know. It, it's not the same anymore, you know. Like we've grown, we've evolved past that. It's my my problem more so comes from when people want to hold on to these things or you know maintain sort certain, certain hierarchical, you know, uh, whatever based upon on history.
2: Yeah, I um I understand that. I do think though that the uh, you know, incorporation of melanated voices and these narratives mm-hmm. is important too, and I think that. Um, you know, for so, so long, like we're not included in the story. And I think that it's important for people to understand that while this is a glorious time for a certain part of America, it wasn't a glorious time for other people. And so while I agree that certain things are behind us and are not occurring anymore, I think that the ghosts of those behaviors are still very much haunting
3: us. Oh, for sure. So I think
2: that it's important for people to see that so that they have more context around what they see around them. Um, yeah. And, you know, a, a lot of people feel like it's something we just shouldn't talk about. And I don't mean, I mean, black people feel that way too. White people yeah, and yeah. black people are like, well, why do we have to talk about that? Yeah. And again, if that is traumatizing to you, what I'm saying doesn't matter. It's not traumatizing to me. Obviously, it's something that I grew up observing.
4: Yeah, um, sure. But
2: I, I definitely don't want to stop teaching children how all of this conspired to be what it is yes um it's important so i don't know well, i i definitely want to go back and 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 you know i may go back as an adult and be like this is some bullshit who knows mm. <laughs> you know what i mean but i do okay. want to i want to do it again
1: was there i mean i haven't kept up with hamilton over the over, since it it happened was there any pushback because white people really don't like their history being fucked with i've learned that uh yeah, like, so was that a big deal? Did people, did white people get in their feelings?
2: I don't know about white people getting in their feelings because I didn't really get into Hamilton until this past December. But there were lots of think pieces about the accuracy of it. Um, I, with the resurgence of it. Um, and Tracy Clayton said something to the effect of like, you have to think about when Hamilton came out. Hamilton came out in the Obama presidency um, when it was on stage and what that meant for black people and what black people were feeling at the time, what people were feeling at the time, right. and how those critiques look. And then in 45's America, Hamilton coming out on Disney and what people are feeling about it now yeah. and what those critiques are looking at. Like In I my don't...
0: experience, I think white people seem to really love it. Like They're like, oh, this is so great. Here's a thing made by African-Americans that I can 100%, 100% support. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean that's a cynical reading yeah. but I've seen very little white people dissent
3: about well this. I would imagine kind of when you when you just peel back you know the front cover of this thing and you look at a few thumbnails I feel like there's only a certain type of white person that is going to watch Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Like
2: No, they love I, that shit. Yeah, I think
3: everybody
0: loves <laughs> really? it, man. It's not it's not just a woke people thing. This is like, you know, Southern bells are watching this and thinking, "Man, I'm it turns out I'm one of the good ones."
4: Really? Oh like, shit. I didn't,
3: I didn't imagine that. <laughs> yeah, man. That's a
1: weird I just thing. would have thought I would have thought Southern white people would be like, "No, you are not making my my baby daddy Hamilton, like you're not well, going to make not, him black. Well, he wasn't a southerner. Like, well, I know, but you, you, I was talking about the southern white people who still want to fly flags of countries that don't exist. Now, yeah. But yeah. These are the, those
0: people are—I I mean, look, I'm generalizing a lot here and casting a very wide net, and of course, yeah. it's not going to apply to everybody. And I'm from the south as well, but I think a lot of those same people who you might be referring to are the people who. Love watching Sandra Bullock in The Blind Side and love The Help and you know these numerous uh, other movies. The, like ones, that I I'm, mentioned the earlier. ones
3: I'm talking about, as soon as they heard beatbox and they turn this shit off, they're like, Oh, nah, I ain't listening to that. Dude, I ain't listening to that nigga rituals or you know, I don't know. Wow, I don't know if those people, rituals,
0: rituals. I love the beatboxing, brother. I don't think these people absorb art in, on a large scale though, either.
1: Uh, yeah, that's I was gonna. What I'm I was gonna follow up with that. Yeah, it's, like
2: that's some elitist northern shit, is what you're saying. <laughs>
3: well, I mean, to some degree, I, I just I, yeah, me personally, and you know, I mean, I, I hate to generalize like that. I kind of feel exactly what Chandler's saying. I just think like this. There's a certain IQ level that this is just going to repel well, com- well, completely. I didn't say that.
2: Uh, that's not what
3: he said. <laughs> that's no, that's exactly what I said. But, that's what but, you
2: said. That's not what he said. <laughs>
3: Well, yeah, no, that's exactly. I,
2: kinda I, think, I think theater pretty much is is like a, a Yankee elitist thing. It is, yeah. Um, and you, when you 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 like hipsters are into theater, like if you think about the types of people who appreciate theater, it's not the guy who's like mudding in his truck on the weekends. There you go. He, he Yeah, and, and <laughs> we saying
1: the and same And then shit? it's it's become so big that you know it's giving the finger to those people anyway. You know, like it's like all right, if you don't want to watch our shit, well. Fuck off, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, I think there's there's definitely a separation. I, I get what you're saying, yeah. but I was curious because white people will get mad about their fucking history. So, I,
0: can I, I have a? I just remembered this, and it's huge, and I I have to get it in before we wrap the episode up. Pause, but. Um, my favorite thing that happened in the past few days was Corey getting in the group chat and being like, yo, I did not realize this was all black people in this point. <laughs> listen, Fame. listen.
1: All right, so we'll we'll do this and wrap it up. But for viewers, my, my knowledge of Broadway is so pathetic that I, I really had no idea. Now, there's obviously, there's no problem with this reimagining. I have no issues with that. But I was confused with all the branding material. I, I really was like... <laughs> Yeah. why why is there all these people of color like what are they doing
3: Man. Damn, let me read you this text from Corey because this shit was so funny <laughs> to me uh.
1: yo I really didn't know I that's how disconnected yeah. I am with Broadway I had no idea that they had done that
3: yo, <laughs> yo, yo Corey said I also swore Hamilton was white bread with male white dude but and he did the emoji where like, <laughs> like shrug emoji uh, yeah I said well, I think that's the whole thing. Hamilton reimagined. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, yo, I think I had to explain you that literally to the whole thing. <laughs> yo, I mean, don't <laughs> get me wrong.
2: I, I, that's I, like I, finding I, out that the Wiz is all black people. Like,
1: <laughs> okay. No, no, boy, that's no,
3: the whole I, thing. I,
1: <laughs> I, I I really was. I just didn't know that that's what they chose to do. I really didn't know that. Like so that like, literally
3: might be the synopsis. Like, yo, <laughs> if, if Hamilton be a one line pitch, that's it. <laughs> like, like,
1: yo, I I mean, the first thirty guy? seconds, I was like. Hamilton's black, like. I,
2: and, Look, and, and when then, I saw Hamilton in Norfolk, he wasn't even li- Latino. It was a black dude. <laughs> a
1: yeah, so no, dude. it's it's totally cool. But I just didn't get the memo. I just did not get the memo that this is what was going on, and, and I was confused for about half a second. But then you know, then I, it's it's the ride that we're on. So. Can you
3: can you make the face of confusion that when you found out? I just want to expe- re-experience <laughs> this. I want to reimagine <laughs> <It's> this. Like, <laughs> Look. <laughs> <laughs> was,
1: yo and then i think i texted you back i was like well i thought hip-hop musical
3: <laughs> was, you, said, was, you said oh i thought th- dancing hip musical checked that box but here we
1: are listen that is just how disconnected i am i really just i don't keep up with broadway so i i i had no clue so mm-hmm. and now now we're here so yeah
3: you're like, yeah,
0: yes. Lin-Manuel Miranda, famous white actor.
3: Yeah. <laughs> famous white actor. Yeah. So, all right. Well, is, is anything else we want to add to this, guys? This is good, man. Listen, if by chance you listen to this and haven't seen Hamilton, I promise you, man, this is transformative. Well, at least it was for treason. Let me not stamp. I'm not giving money back if you get Disney Plus and you don't I'll like it. I'll sign that. You'll sign that, right? Yeah. Have, out of curiosity, have you guys talked about this on the Act Three podcast channel? Uh,
0: yes. Uh, by Y'all the did? time this episode comes out, uh, that episode will be out, and uh, Stephen and I had a really interesting chat about it. It was a lot of fun.
3: Nice, because you know it was mm. funny. I was thinking, I was like, man, we almost we this is this would have been a good opportunity to do like a you know kind of movie critics uh, Act Three podcast sort of mashup episode. Oh,
0: it it would have been great. You know, it's it's tough. Uh, to make that sort of thing happen with uh especially with my co-host steven's schedule over zoom yeah it's ironic that you know those things were actually much easier to orchestrate when we were all like meeting in person yeah yeah but you know like especially with the digital meeting times like our availability barely lines up at all you know
3: it's a little crazy well while we're on it man tell them where they can find your podcast brother
0: oh uh yeah act three podcast um comes out weekly we talk about News, things that we've been watching, we usually have a featured topic we do a deep dive into. Uh, You can find it at act3podcast.com. If you think that me being obnoxious is entertaining at all, then, hey, there's a lot more of that over there.
3: Mm -hmm. And they they break their uh, podcast down into three acts just like a movie. You know what? Now that you mention it, you're right. It is just like a movie. That's crazy. I didn't want to point out the obvious, but I figured you had your thing figured out. You had a handle on your handle and you didn't.
0: Also, I'm, I'm reading here on Wikipedia. Did you guys know that Hamilton is all black people?
1: I had no clue. Listen, I didn't know listen, listen, you can take your podcast and shove it up your ass,
3: okay? And, and Corey, But before you do you, it, man. put your DSP on repeat so he gets the place. <laughs> <laughs> Uh but anyway man we're uh kinda movie critics you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kinda movie critics K I N D A movie critics or on Twitter at kinda movie critics, crits C R I T S uh man hit us up man uh on those hit us up on uh you know our reviews on uh, you know Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud uh, Get some engagements going, man. Tell us tell us how you think about our episodes uh, and all that good stuff so we can make improvements or whatever we got to do to fit your listening needs. And thank you for rolling out with us on this episode. Remember, we call ourselves kind of movie critics because we kind of are and we're kind of not. We're just a bunch of people who like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.